0: you all finally turned to District 14, eh?
1: (laughs) (laughs) We've been here all along. Yeah, Uh, yeah, this is uh, episode 47 of Room of Requirement, a podcast dedicated to reason and resilience in the time of Trump. I am Kamala Shrao, and with me, as always, is Uh, Miracle Jones,
0: and returning
2: uh, is Alexis Wright. Yeah, great.
0: Full full room. Uh, How's everybody been? Well, yeah, I'm you,
2: ready to talk out my feelings about politics.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah for sure.
0: <laughs> so how is it, I mean, how have you been, like, other than that, other than politics?
1: I, I would say that, like, my life in general, maybe I've just gotten accustomed to it. It's like, even though this is a real shite week, yeah. it's actually pretty decent.
0: Right, but this is how it happens in, like, Latin America, right? Everybody's just like, but the weather's so nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Right? Yeah. That's Another possible. coup. Sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm going to hit the beach. <laughs> possibly. Uh, possibly. I hope. Well, I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah, no, things have been good. It's been, it's been really hot today, right? And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we're hitting. A, we're in the start of a heat wave in New York. Uh, is it going to be hot for a while? Yeah. Hot <sighs> I'm hoping it's going to be so great. I'm um, um, yeah. you were. You were on
2: vacation. The Northeast. You yes. were on vacation
0: last weekend.
2: I was. I was. I had a nice out-of-town You're... vacation, which it mostly didn't rain on, so oh, I'll take no? it. Went to a pool, that was cool.
0: So you actually got a, a pet in this like tumultuous time. Yes, right? you are You're not you are not wrong, yeah. I,
2: I bought um, I got a small parrot, uh, he's a green cheek conure. His name is Homie. Um, he has no political opinions of any kind. Although he is very curious and interested in everything that's going on around him.
0: So he's a natural born democrat. <laughs> <laughs> But he's young, maybe it'll change.
1: Once he gets a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
0: Miracle
2: Jones has, has met my parrot, and I'm hoping that he... he I think I was promised that you were going to talk to him about globalism.
0: Yeah, well, it was parrot sitting for you while you were out of town, and I watched a lot of uh, uh, Parts Unknown. Uh, he's getting more globalist, yeah, he's, but he's, he's very provincial by nature.
1: <laughs> uh, do you, have you ever
0: had a pet? Oh, gosh, no. Never no. No. in your
1: life? No, not in my life. Did you
0: want
2: one?
1: no so um my mom was always i guess afraid of them she didn't have pets growing up so she didn't want any and my dad grew up on a farm and so uh like whatever and uh and so yeah we didn't so since we didn't he, he was super happy that he didn't have to tend cows right and that was that was it was cows i think mostly so he's like oh, i'm done with this i never have to do this again um, so I think that was it. And we just didn't have pets. Uh, my sister though, she's gone on to have quite a few pets. So she and her husband have uh, a couple of dogs, cat or two. They had chickens for a while, but, um, the full, which, which the is fine, set. which yeah. is lovely. But every time we visit, like my wife just comes down with allergies. She's allergic. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so we have to like, even when we visit my sister, we have to like get an Airbnb right. <laughs> in the same neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this sleepy <laughs> suburb of Nashville. So yeah. Um, yeah, I have no love for animals. I think they're I think they're creatures bred for uh, to be emotionally dependent on uh, humans.
2: Oh man, yeah. the same could be said of other human beings. Then mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, so has have
0: has having a pet had any kind of effect on your uh, sanity and like? Uh, you know emotional well-being would you recommend this for people i
2: i would actually you know i so i because we're in the city i um was able to get a pet in part as like a therapy bird emotional support animal i haven't brought him on any planes or anything but you can um, and you have like a card or something yeah i have a note i have a note in theory um but You know, after I had had him for a couple weeks, I was like, you know, I half felt like uh, this was complete BS while I was doing it, but this really has helped with my anxiety. I really am uh, am digging having this, like, small, interested animal who just wants to be, like, socially connected and engaged, like, around my house.
0: Yeah, I noticed, like, some of the darkest times in my life, I've acquired cats, Mm -hmm. like kittens, and, like, raised them to, like go be free <laughs> or like move him on to someplace else and okay. it's nice to have like even when you're like like ah, oh, I just can't even get up in the morning like you have to feed the cat yeah. like it's the cat's gonna like suffer if you like can't get your shit together right and so it gives you like something to kind of focus on and like something to have a reason to come home and, yeah like, the
2: impulse to, to care for other living beings is uh, not to be played around with it's, yeah it
0: can it can like make you realize real your own like, worth in the world yeah Pride was last week this whole month. Like, that was nice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Except in the White, in the white House. Uh, yeah, so this is a neighborhood comes alive uh, during uh, several, for several reasons. One is Ramadan. Yeah. And the other is pride. And they just happen to coincide. <laughs> it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's really quite something. Yeah. <laughs> like. That's <really> yeah. going <laughs> yeah. to be pretty
0: awesome. We are a gay Muslim neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: yeah, there's, I don't know. There I is an intersection sorry. that's probably not that big, but <laughs> I, like... I know Man, when you were on when you,
0: when you were on that episode like decrying intersectionality, it was like it was like a fish being pissed at water. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what is this Sex water sounds nonsense per- the kids are on
1: to? Like that sounds perfect <laughs> for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah, exactly that, my life. It just like open the window. Intersectionality, baby. Right? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: but uh yeah, it's really it's really Stuff's more apparent in the in the summer, right? Everybody's yeah. just out and like having a good time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Our our park is open finally. Yeah, uh, our
1: little diversity plaza. Diversity plaza that is, is like plaza. opened up. We got like tables and chairs. Well, and and typical so. of the park, it is ninety percent concrete. <laughs> it's and just and concrete. Six trees. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. But it's real nice and concrete. We'll take right? Right? It's it's it. It's like the newest concrete in New York. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: we're we're very proud of it. It took a year to do this goddamn thing. And like so, literally, I think I, yeah. I think
1: I laid a driveway once for the Boy Scouts. I think it took me a weekend. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, so that right. would have been two weekends of. Yeah. (laughs) But you were
2: non-union labor. I was non-union
1: labor. (laughs) I was in the South. Yeah. And uh, yes, the Boy Scouts actually just do construction.
0: I was impressed because I never saw actually anybody ever work on it. So <laughs> coming back <down laughs>
1: forth, you know,
0: it, it didn't look the same
2: as it did before. No, or? it's
0: like it's like diagonal, and there's like some trees now and like planters. To be honest, it's about twenty percent better. Twenty percent better, I'd but it took say. a whole year. To yeah, get it took a know. whole year for it to get twenty percent. Yeah, better. it was
1: not necessary. Well, but
0: it was a. I mean, it was like a gorilla park, right? It was like some people there were just like, no, this is going to be a park now. As so people were just like. put up like medians and (laughs) and, like took it over and just like stood there like
1: it was technically a street so they just kind of forced the city to like turn it into a park because this reminds me a little bit of like uh Sidewalk acquisition in Italy. Yeah. Where, like, yeah. you know, so you know, you have a sidewalk and then people just start to use, like, the area around the sidewalk as, like, parks yeah. or, like, start yeah. parking yeah. their bikes. And right. so, like, the government's like, fine, <laughs> fine, <laughs> we'll, we'll pave that, we'll make that part of the sidewalk. Yeah. And the process starts all, it's all exactly over again. Exactly. That was force majeure. Yeah, right. it's it's exactly. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so it's eminent domain, eminent <laughs> by, <laughs> popular by, eminent by domain.
0: The people, the people of, of Jackson Heights. So Diversity
1: Plaza. Diversity Plaza, mm-hmm. it happened. Um, so that's not the uh, only like... Uh, should we move on to politics? Yeah, this is a perfect uh, since we're talking about our neighborhood. Let's talk yeah. about the uh, event that made people pay attention to our neighborhood for once. <laughs> Finally, Jesus <laughs> wow, Christ. Wow, yeah. It was um,
0: incredible. Like, uh, not
1: that they cared what we had to say. But <laughs> <Good> <laughs> so yeah. uh, so you wanted to... Let's talk a little bit about the local elections. Yes, yeah, so let's, you ex- wanted, let's yeah, explain you what happened, right? Sir, go so
0: as the 14th district, uh, 14th federal congressional district, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, took out uh, fourth-ranking Democratic uh, congressional leader, Joe Crowley, in a stunning upset, but it wasn't even close. It was like,
1: I believe it was more than 15 points it was on the order of 15 yeah, points yeah, like yeah, it's not it was not small it was, not, it was a big victory
0: and his internal polling had him up 36 points previous to this right so he was not he, even going to debates He'd like he' like he completely. was not pulling
2: the right people yeah right yeah, yeah absolutely
0: uh, and he lost he's out uh, I watched the debate actually went over there because was at the community center. Yeah. And uh, it was the night before. And I have a lot of feelings about this, but I guess... You've been wanting
1: to talk about Joe Crowley for a while. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So if you can uh, somehow, uh, you know, pretend that you can rewind to before the election. What do you want do you to say? say about Joe Crowley? <laughs> well, yeah, Pre- before the election.
2: Pre-election yeah. uh, I mean,
0: so it's interesting. Like, I wanted to talk about him, but I didn't necessarily support him, but I did think that his ascension to the higher echelons of the democratic party maybe even taking speakership would be great for district 14 right that would be in general that's
1: true but beyond pork barrel politics
0: that would you not just not just pork barrel politics but in like a trump administration if it gets more hardcore like that federal protection of district 14 would be wonderful Right, we have somebody extremely powerful to make sure that ICE is not in in here fucking shit up. You know, like that money is being spent correctly. You know that it's like not. You have the city and federal government working hard to protect like this, which I worry about constantly. Right, as yeah. do. Uh, so, uh, so that would be the case. I would have made for Joe Crowley, like, oh, like. Had he taken it, and
1: had had Democrats take Congress, and
0: had Democrats taken Congress, his district would have been the most like lefty, progressive, like uh, diverse district to ever like run Congress, right? And especially compared to like Pelosi or or speakers that have come before, which are usually like safe suburban districts, Right. right? It would have been a weird fit for America, and a great one. We would have been like selling. Jackson Heights and this this uh, neighborhood and this district to the to the country. To,
2: to be fair, I think some of that's still happening. Well, that's the thing.
0: <laughs> that's the thing. I, right? I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean. She, yeah, yeah. Ocas- I mean,
1: Crowley wasn't is not nearly the star that Ocasio is.
0: Right, but that wasn't true a week ago. Right. <laughs> so had she lost, right? Yeah. That would have been would have been a complete counterfactual situation.
2: Yeah, it would have more or less left him in the position of being the expected heir to like the speakership. Right. Yeah.
0: The, it's bet, you, and so I was of two minds. I didn't actually vote, so I was like, I don't really, I, I kind of, I see why we need why Crowley winning would be good, but like, what Crowley is like a, he's a ten term Congress person, and he's fucking Irish. And, like, mm. you know, he's old. He's, like, he doesn't really represent the district at all in any way, right? His district is, like, the Bronx through down to Queens, right?
1: Yeah, like, okay, so I I think I'm going to push back a little yeah. on this. So why doesn't he represent the district? It's because he's old and he's Irish? Well, he's... So uh, you have to unpack that.
0: He's little. entrenched party power, and this is a young district, right? It's a lot of new people. That's fair. It's, like, uh, he's he's an old party boss. Like, he, he makes more sense for, like, a Manhattan district. I'm not saying, like, just, like... Nah, politics aside, I'm talking about his level of where he is, right? Like, yeah, okay. This is like a, a vibrant district with a lot of like passion behind it, right? Sure. But the nature of who he is, he can't really like speak to that. He's got to like present party hegemony, right? And
1: like well, I would something. also argue that maybe why he wasn't a great fit on a national scale, right? So our part, uh, I mean, we as a district are probably not the same as, or our our concerns are not the same as. Um, the national, I guess, National Democratic Party's concerns, right? Yeah, so absolutely. So this is one of the things we were going to have at least skew. Like, we talked about Muslim, gay, yeah. uh, immigrant. Young, and, too. Yeah. And it's really young. Like, and Crowley is probably better at sort of coming towards the center. And, yeah. w- if, In, if, s- and so, so far... Some, on some vectors, right? Right. Like he's very
0: yeah. far... Left up
1: globalist as far as immigration goes, right Right, for sure, and that's what yeah that's that's befitting Jackson Heights and also New York City, right? That is
0: the issue. That was the issue of this election between the two of them, right? Like her campaign poster said one thing on it: Uh, abolish ICE in Spanish. Yeah, that was it, right? Yeah, that's all she was running on against Joe Crowley, right? Because otherwise they had completely the same.
2: I mean, does Joe Crowley run on a universal employment platform?
0: So, like, he would get in line for anything. Mm-hmm. Like he's not—he's running on. He's a, down. Like,
2: he's down for whatever. Yeah, he's down. Progressive like, do you ideas, want? you got? Yeah.
0: <laughs> this neighborhood is—it's a really left neighborhood. It's mm-hmm. really democratic. Mm-hmm. So left that you know, of course the dem- the Democratic Socialists got a strong here, which I'm totally not surprised about. Right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. This is, that would have been my <laughs> advice too, right? Like you guys should ignore the fuck out of Brooklyn and move into, like, Queens, right? Like, if you want to, like, have some purchase. But you, you, it's a victory. Like, this... I, you guys are... Like, I'm ecstatic about Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez winning because this, like, is a coup. People aren't talking about it this way yet, but it's a coup of the Sanders left, right? Because they... We have won. We've won on the issue of immigration, right? Like, that is, like, an issue that has... The Sanders progressive left... He was suspicious of. He voted down uh, all sorts of. Do you
2: think that Sanders and people and view it that way? Because I they feel like if it. anything, they're probably reading it you, as a vindication. I'm sorry.
1: I, wanna, right? I just want to <laughs> unpack. Uh, I just want to unpack what you just said. Yeah. So you're saying that this is a victory against the Sanders. Oh okay. yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, against the Sanders left. Tra- so. uh, up until now, uh, kind of ambiguous stance yeah. on immigration. They're okay, celebra-
0: They're celebrating that. Uh, That she's moving the Democratic Party left, right? Which I think is accounted. It's not true. Like this neighborhood voted for for one reason, which was immigration, right? Yeah. Like that, you can you can say that it is sort of a victory tactically for them, but the reason she won against Crowley was because she was so globalist about the immigration issue,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, sorry, I think we cut you off.
2: Um, No, so I I was just saying. I mean, I I wonder if uh, the Sanders progressives. View this the same way because I would expect that like a good number of them are looking at this as a vindication right now, which is right? great. They,
0: because I'm, i think they're, I they think that they've swallowed it completely. They have absorbed it, and now being pro-immigration maximalist is considered to be to the left.
2: I suppose, I suppose it's, it's, to the yeah. extent that like they're really upsetting immigration-related happenings of the last few weeks has any silver lining, it's that, like, it certainly has united the Democratic Party behind immigration. To
1: be, as you said, maximalist position. Yeah, which I'm ecstatic about. And uh, if the
0: avatar is this, like, extremely charismatic, like, uh, 28-year-old from my district that is out there, you know, like, uh, taking... Away, Sanders' enthusiasm for Sanders, and he's out there trying to triangulate. You know, like he's trying to like create a coalition of like Midwestern Trump supporters and like uh, free people suspicious of free trade and immigrants. You know, like I think Bernie Sanders would be totally, perfectly happy with like a wall and like ice. You know, like he has not come out against it. Like he's on record with. Yeah, I don't
1: know if he'd go that far now, but I think he can't go that far now. Like it's over. Like he has to
0: either he can move toward her. Or he can shut up. He's shut, been shutting up, but that's the coup, right? Like, now he is no longer the most exciting leftist
2: uh, populist the right? virus, I think for some people, yeah, probably still is I don't know. the most I don't exciting know. leftist populist.
0: I don't know, maybe, but he's just he just doesn't have that right. Like, she... You he, never, he never won shit, right? He wins in Vermont. She just took somebody out. She actually won the primary against Hillary Clinton, so right? So,
1: this kind of... I want to bring this up because... I was just mentioning this before the podcast. So the, this is the election that no one was following that now people followed in yeah, retrospect. Yeah, yeah. But the, po- the election that no one was following that no one continues not to have followed yeah. um, was that there was another Congress. Uh, uh, there was another run for Congress in the primary. There are actually several uh, for New York, and for the most part, the New York incumbents won. Yeah, right. This is the one exception, Right. and sort of the mirror. Election that I was sort of following was a guy named Suraj Patel, um, who actually campaigned here in Jackson Heights because mm, our he's a Patel. This community's strong. He he campaigned in front of the Patel Brothers Grocery Store. Um, Do you want to to tell America what Patel? I mean, like (laughs) who the Patels are? Yeah, (laughs) Uh, tell us a little bit about the Patels. The Patels are a business community from the west of India. Uh, They tend to be very clannish, and they tend to be uh, yeah very. Insular. Uh, I get to say this because I am uh, at least in part Patel. Um, so my mom is half Patel, and so.
2: And this actually came up in the campaign between him and Maloney. Right? Is um, at one point she called him out for most of his disclosed donations having been received from people with the last name Patel.
1: Yeah, I don't think you understand. We all came out. For <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's no way. I mean, we're we're we are. We are, we are we are. Uh, it, it's just a very insular, like very m- proud, tight business community. So, like, it also tends to be somewhat wealthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> tight-knit tight knit and driven. <laughs> yeah, okay. tight knit driven. Um, yeah, we own quite a lot of hotels in Middle America. So that's who we are. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, that's who my mom's people are. Um, so yes, but I was I was following it. He was he's coming up all the time on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was running to the left of the incumbent. Um, he also young uh, minority. He worked for the uh, the. Obama campaign I believe Uh, he was very active on social media and he um you know young minority 30 something uh, against the incumbent and he lost he lost by 15 points or more but
2: Um, I'll say this so I'm in the incumbents district uh, and they definitely were concerned I've never received so many uh aggressively helpful phone calls about how to get to my primary voting (laughs) location so um I probably got in excess of Five in the week and a half before the election. So. Yeah.
1: So and unlike Crowley, I think Crowley was certainly not expecting this close a race or even a race at all. So... Yeah, I don't know about that. I think the
0: family separation issue blowing up, like, that whole... The, from that becoming the central focus of, like, that has been huge in this neighborhood, right? It's been, like, a giant... I think he knew he was in trouble when, he, when that was the central issue because he couldn't... He didn't represent in an identity politics way, that Fuhrer, right? Where she is like a direct, you know, a bartender from the Bronx, you know? Right.
1: I just want to I just want to say that, so this narrative of, of uh, you know, a young minority challenger running up against an incumbent, it has yeah. its very real limitations, right? It right. didn't work across the board. It only worked in one district, I think, in New York. Otherwise, right. the incumbents had a sweep as far as I can remember. I'll double check, but I think on that day, yeah. the incumbents swept. And so... I feel like this is a limit to the extensibility of this example, right? So I think in some ways the left is very much in love and the media is very much in love with Ocasio, but I don't know how well that translates. And this is true for like charismatic young stars, right? Like they may not be able to translate that into the powers.
2: I also feel like just like anecdotally, you know, having come to visit you guys here a few times, right? Um, This seems like a district where like pounding the pavement matters, right? It's like a district where there's an actual sense of community and neighborhood, whereas like... several
1: communities, but for sure. Yeah, 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 Yeah. 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 but but, but like
2: there is like a, you know, I don't know, there are people on the street who clearly feel a sense of neighborhood and community with one another. Whereas, If you go to other New York City districts, you may or may not have that sense, right? Like certainly in Midtown, where I live, right? Like you're not, you don't see people making friends on the street.
0: Yeah, you know, like (laughs) the right... Issue the right situation, the right like tender box. This neighborhood becomes a new Cordeliers, you know. Like, we are the like
1: lunch of like a future. It could be, you know. And so, yeah. I just, thing. I, I uh, this is also my argument again intersectionality. I think yeah. there are different communities with different, uh, different wants and different needs and different objectives, right? So, I don't think you will ever reconcile like, um, the South Asians, with the Latinos, except on the issue of immigration. immigration right, right. That, so that, right. That's the issue. Well. And, and then, yeah. and, you know, the significant gay population also, yeah. I mean, it has its own kind of uh, needs and priorities, right? right. So yeah. that's, I think for right now, you can unite them, uh, yeah. but I don't think this is, I, my argument is that, that with a lot of these, like, uh, intersectional arguments, I, I mean, I think the, right. the, the commonalities can quickly disappear. Right, but I mean, I
0: guess, like, something that Bernie Sanders and his... Uh, followers kept arguing during his rise to national prominence was that identity politics don't matter, right? And it's easy to say if you're coming from Vermont, that seat is safe for him, yeah. right? I think that's kind of destructive to the idea of, uh, to the Democratic Party, because a lot of times identity politics is just civil rights, right? And that's not going to be something that Well, Alexandria I think, to be
2: fair, I think okay. some of the subtext of the Sanders factions, identity politics don't matter mm-hmm. statement, is actually like purely class-based identity politics should be okay too. You know, for better or worse, we are currently in a social and political situation where for the most part it doesn't play well in democratic circles to extend your hand in terms of purely class-based identity politics, right? Right. um, Because
0: that's often code for... Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, it's often code for white identity politics, but right. the the question that I think actually has become more relevant over time is to what extent are people who maybe would not otherwise dabble in white identity politics being ending up in that sphere because that's the only place where this sort of thing is acceptable, right? Where you can yeah. you can talk about just being poor, even or in particular, and also being white, right? And, yeah. and I'm not, again, I'm super not pro-white identity politics, but I do think that that's the subtext of the text. We shouldn't base everything around identity politics. And this right? kind of
1: launches to my point, is that even if akasia uh, what does akasia mean for trying to take back? Uh, you know a significant amount of power nationally right so oh, i think it's uh, go ahead. yes uh, yeah, yeah so i i, I, I want to that it question it. I, so i that's an open question for yeah. us right so what is is this a strategy going forward and i i have my doubts right like i think the the truth is that you know with the way that political power at least on a national level we can talk we can set aside other local elections For some other time, at least on a national level, is that you have to be able to break in and have a a wider sense of a an appeal to the center, an appeal to not in the middle of the country, the center of the political spectrum, all of that. So we have to move. uh, We have to at least have some strategy of appealing uh, to people who don't fall into sort of a very leftist, uh, or whatever we're calling, whatever you think Ocasio's politics are, we have to have a way, we have, an, we have to have an alternate strategy as well in order to take back power in a meaningful way, right? And
0: Yeah, in some ways, I think she's created a this, a, she's kind of created a category, or a category has been created and she's absorbed it in a way that is brilliant, and um, the Democratic Party strikes again, but now you can be like, white, and have your own special, protected, uh, evangelical category that is being like attacked, so you're a victim on the left, like the evangelical Christians, and that's to be a democratic socialist, right? Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Yes, even yeah. if even if you were to say like, okay, well, the Crowley loss is a corner case; it's like a black swan event, whatever. Yeah. Um, that is not necessarily how the national party is interpreting it, and yeah. that alone. Causes it to have further implications, right? Where they do feel the need to be willing to include and cohese around these more progressive positions and build them into the coalition a little bit more firmly. So I think that right. there's definitely impact there. Um, are you? Is it too fast for me to pivot to House leadership talk? Well, I just
1: I just want to say okay. instinctively. Um, yeah, yeah, we can talk about that. Okay. Just I just want to say instinctively. Uh, that's why I'm a little cynical about yeah, yeah. how it's her win is being. Uh, interpreted. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's maybe the wrong read, and you're absolutely right. I think that's how people are reading and that's effectively changing the politics. I'm not sure. My guess is that this is a corner case or an anomaly yeah. more than it is but a, way, I think a lesson to learn I from. think
2: even that being the read that people are taking is itself going to have these impacts. Right. that
1: yeah. for sure. Yeah, if, if people think she won
0: because of her, like, you know, because of edging toward expropriation in Jackson Heights, then <laughs> fucking deluded. Like, right. Come out here for, like, an hour and you <laughs> all small business owners. Yeah. None yeah. of them want to give up their profit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they are also immigrants, like and that is why she wants. Okay, so let's pivot. Um so okay. yeah.
2: So, um Crowley has been widely viewed as the likeliest um next Democratic House leader. Um he is essentially the only standing, expected, reasonable successor to Nancy Pelosi, who is not in his 80s. So so this injects some really interesting chaos, because now we have no clear post-election leadership, no matter what happens, for either party in the House. Yeah. Um, and what I think is really interesting about that is that these people are now campaigning, not just for their districts, but also for what they expect or hope to be a speakership or minority leader position, which is a very different ballgame because the demographics of their caucus are very different than the demographics of their district. Um, So I think this is really interesting. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens. By the way, I think that we should keep Nancy Pelosi on if we win the House. (laughs) That woman is a fucking legend. Before, it was cool. She was on the House floor for eight hours giving the longest running speech for DACA recipients um, in House history to uh, obstruct movement against DACA. So um, that being said, uh, so now we're gonna be facing a situation where, and you've kind of already seen this in on the Republican side where um, there's been a lot of sort of back and forth as there were rumors first that Ryan was gonna retire at the end of his term and then that was confirmed where It seemed like uh, McCarthy, his second, was trying to gun for House leadership and just could not get the votes, but was pandering specifically to Tea Party Freedom Caucus members to try to get them. Um, And so if we assume that whatever happens in the midterms, the likeliest outcome is that um, the most moderate members of the Republican caucus are the ones who are going to get knocked off, then whoever is campaigning for the Speakership on that side is incentivized to take really extreme right positions, or at least be amenable to really extreme right positions. And then you're going to see, I think, some of the same thing on the left, although maybe to a lesser extent, because I think that the slate of candidates that Democrats are running is much broader in terms of they're running a mixture of moderates and really liberal progressive candidates. Yeah, my pick
0: for the Republicans is Steve Scalise.
2: Oh, yeah. 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 I think it would be easy to unite around Scalise right yeah, now. Temporarily. Yeah, yeah, Well,
1: yeah, I think this sets up the dynamic, right? Yeah. So if the house takes as taken by the Republicans, if it was kept by the Republicans, we have a very conservative House, right? Because I think the moderates are just going to go away. Mm-hmm. Whereas if, they're taken, uh, if it's taken by the Democrats, it's a much broader coalition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what that means in terms of the speeder, uh, in, in terms of the contest for the speakership. But I think you're right. I think Pelosi is as good a candidate as any. It's like if you have a moderate, if you have a moderate, widespread uh, base, right, in terms of uh, of who the Democrats are. Pelosi's probably as good as it gets, but I think also what's going to happen is you're going to have a younger, yeah, yeah younger congressional. Uh, it'll be something like the Tea Party, where you're going to have a bunch of uh, thirty and forty year olds, and so maybe that that generational divide is something that the party wants to communicate to younger people. Yeah, uh, I think Ted Blue is really, looking really good. Oh, you think Ted Blue? Yeah, how old is Ted Blue? Forty five. Yeah, early
0: fifties or forties. So. Yeah, yeah. But he's, you know, he's been out there. He, uh, he he's ha- active on Twitter. He, uh, yeah, he's got the same. he has got essentially the same uh, uh, kind of district as Pelosi does. Yeah, it's a safe one in California.
1: Yeah, uh, I think. It, yeah. We, back she,
2: to four men in a room for <laughs> <have a> congressional <laughs> leadership meeting. <laughs>
1: well, I think it's also uh, for yeah. the Democrats think uh, the is Right, we want someone like. Pelosi, right? Like, I mean, yeah. it's so easy to do symbolism and whether or not they're willing to talk your talking points yeah. out with their credibility, but you want someone who are, twists arms, and we have to be real, and the Democrats should be aware of that. Our heroes ten, can be arm twisters in a yeah. way that, you know... Uh, we should just be aware who's going to actually be able to wield the power doesn't matter whether or not they're great at speaking yeah. things. it's like, like look if you Reed. want
2: someone really inspiring on TV elect a cool president yeah. right like for yeah. speaker of the house like you need someone who can get hundreds of people to vote and stop whining yeah. right yeah. like and, and so that may not be like the most sort of um charismatic-to-the-public yeah. figure.
0: Well, you need someone who can survive challenges. It's yeah. like power breeds yeah. power yeah. so yeah. that their word has weight.
2: Yeah, right. And, you know, people have talked, uh, people have raised with Nancy Pelosi the possibility that she'll be challenged for House leadership, and what she sure. says is, Go campaign, go get elected. Right? Like she wants. To get, well, she wants what's best for the Democratic yeah, yeah, Party, yeah, yeah. but you know she also. I would
0: love to shut you up by defeating you. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, yeah.
1: Anything else we want to say about the national elections? Uh
0: no. I Meaning the midterms or the primaries?
1: Uh, I think the primaries leading into the midterms. Yeah, I
0: I think, unless you have a district that looks like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez's, like try to tack to the center like but if you do like run on immigration as hard as you possibly fucking can um
2: i think i think something to keep an eye on i don't want to go too into depth on it but uh in ryan's district um Uh, one of the people who is running in the primary for his seat is like has some like pretty questionable white nationalist ties yeah 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 yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. um
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think even... I, I wonder if they're not cleaning that up a little. Because, I mean, I know the Republic, uh, the party of the, the GOP in North Carolina withdrew its with support of the guy who won. I forget which district, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, and
2: I mean the same thing in, like, Illinois 3rd District. Yeah, Illinois there was, 3rd. like, a, the actual an actual Nazi that the party <laughs> withdrew support for, but he technically won the primary because yeah. he ran unopposed. So it's like, do they have the organization in place? It seems like they're, like, I don't know, they're local level organization has been kind of sloppy around the primaries just based on the fact that they haven't been able to stop several of these candidates. Well,
1: yeah, and I'm not surprised, I mean, a little surprised in Wisconsin. I'm not that surprised about Illinois just because it's, you know, I mean, it's not, it's a a blue It's not a
2: competitive, yeah, and it's not a competitive district, but like just the fact that they didn't even get somebody in as like a third party candidate, so the Republicans have...
1: I'm surprised that North Carolina slipped up because their party, the party is strong and well organized, Mm -hmm. so I think that's also maybe... I think a lot of
0: the most effective people got taken out you know that may be
1: that may be that's also true i think the other side of that is that any vote for these like even if they get one vote that's just going to be propaganda for the next six months yeah democrats right right? like one guy paul (laughs) Nealon. if paul Nealon comes to four and he gets 12 votes that's like 12 nazis (laughs) i mean it's just it's just how the democrats will operate and i think that's fair you you handed them that victory yeah yeah exactly It's,
2: it's i mean like it's mostly optics but it's your optics yeah, you own right. these optics you had the chance to like not run a nazi right <laughs> there's <Right, right. laughs> really. right. always the option to
1: yeah yeah that's too, a, right. yeah you can not run a, a, a nazi all right um i wanted to talk a little bit maybe about the supreme court and then maybe like the week that trump has had which i think my read is that he had a pretty good week but in a way that this may be high power trump i mean like high this is good water- yeah this yeah. is a high water mark yeah um, you guys have any thoughts on the Supreme Court or, in general, the week that Trump's having?
2: I do have yes. thoughts on the Supreme Go. Court. So, um, there were a couple of big rulings, or big by virtue of not actually making a ruling, rulings. Um, one of them was on uh, partisan gerrymandering, mm-hmm. on which the Supreme Court m- mostly punted on procedural grounds back to lower courts. Um, yep. That could have been a really seismic ruling, and it's one that I'm still watching sort of all of the related courses, uh, uh, cases on. So I think that was really interesting. Um, and then uh, there was of course the public sector union ruling. I feel like Miracle Jones might have more to talk about on that than I do. And the big one was the travel ban, right? Um, Which everyone is very understandably upset about. Um, But I thought there was a really interesting footnote to the travel ban ruling um, in terms of what was included in the majority opinion because obviously uh, the dissent raised, Um, reference to the Korematsu ruling from uh, 1944 in which it was ruled constitutional for the U.S. government to have put Japanese uh, American citizens in internment camps Um, as a footnote on the majority opinion, um, the Supreme Court majority overruled the Korematsu ruling, it's now unconstitutional. Um, That's not, I would say in my experience of watching the Supreme Court, normal behavior. They normally, even to spite the minority opinion, would not raise what they've explicitly labeled as an unrelated case and then overturn it. So I think that's really interesting signaling. Um, As much as we may not like uh, conservative justices on the Supreme Court, The fact that they, at this moment in history, feel the need to point out that they don't think that putting people in internment camps on the basis of their uh, ethnic background is constitutional—it's not
1: clear what line in the sand they drew. Is it because of their ethnicity, or is it because of their—they were citizens, right? Like, so are they willing? So I think the where the conservatives will draw the line so they can sleep at night is that okay? Well, you have wide, uh, wide powers of. Uh, to decide what you want to do with people who want to come into the country, but mm-hmm. within citizenship within the borders, mm-hmm. they're very strict to the guidelines. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. um, find Kennedy mostly conservative in a occasion yeah. through mm-hmm. a couple of uh, swing votes to yeah. liberals. So I think considering him like our stalwart is nonsense. Really, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I think he's a conservative guy. Right. Uh, he had certain principles to some degree, but he he tended to want to uh, he you know. I I appreciate I appreciate empiricism versus mm-hmm. theory in general so I actually kind of appreciated his willingness to swing mm-hmm. uh, certain legal scholars especially on the right don't like that yeah mm-hmm. he, he seemed like
0: he was always happy to make things more narrow yeah that's kind true which is hopefully will retain somebody on the court like that
1: but, okay, so one of the reasons that I think Trump is having such a great week is because, you know, he now gets to have his second Supreme Court which uh, j- nominee, which should be in no way a surprise to anyone. We should have been bracing for this for a long time. How, what do you guys think is going to happen?
2: So I, um, I think, so I've been thinking about this a bit because I had sort of forgotten in light of, everything that has happened in the last year and a half, that um, basically the first thing that they did after Trump became president was nuke the filibuster on Supreme Court justices, right? And so I think that um, things are going to be pretty upsetting for the Democrats. What I wonder is if Republicans are now regretting saying that they're going to hold the Senate open through the summer, because there's no real reason short of allowing Democrats to filibuster that they shouldn't be able to confirm a Supreme Court justice in that time, which, while it is a success for Trump, presumably, and his voters will be really happy about it, it also was a pretty influential thing to get people out to the polls prior to the presidential election, and so I think you're now going to have some very upset Democrats and some less mobilized Republicans, is my personal suspicion.
0: So the revenge factor is going to come into play, right? Mm -hmm. Like. Just eye for an eye situation. Like, we can't, we're gonna squat on this till after the midterms, or my favorite, we're gonna squat on this until after the Mueller investigation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's what Democratic leadership would love to do, but I I don't think it's gonna be possible. I don't think that they have the numbers for it. I think what you're gonna see more is that um, Collins and Murkowski. Are going to yeah. be big swing votes on this? Um, as the yeah, she's team. already said
0: she's not going to vote for anybody. Yeah, nonsense, yeah, utter nonsense. I think it's, weird.
1: Utter nonsense. She'll fi- find a way to thread that needle. There's no so. way. There's a lot of pressure. She's under a lot of pressure. She's going to vote with the caucus. Yeah. There's no. I way. I mean,
2: she wants. She wants to have the most important opinion in the room, and I think that she will sure. definitely get that. Though I think that she, her feedback is being elicited through right. back and front channels right now. She's very
1: powerful right yeah. now, and she has a great platform yeah. to run on, but she will, in the end, vote with the caucus. I mean, uh, I think
0: it's going to be a lady for that reason, in which case, like, what does that look like?
1: For right. sure. I mean, I think there are two or three that were on the short list, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I'd
2: like, I'd rather see a conservative woman on the Supreme Court than a conservative man.
1: Right, but depending <laughs> upon... So will that
0: be, like, tacit... Will that be a tacit dog whistle enough that she's... Uh, whoever is nominated is... Uh, is going to support Roe v. Wade, or do we see a we see a future where it's a woman casting a deciding vote to turn it over? I, I mean,
2: I don't think it's guaranteed that a woman would support Roe yeah, v. Wade, I don't but I, don't. I do think I, I don't know. I,
1: I think it's a death by a thousand cuts. Roe v. Wade will what will happen is that you push up against Roe v. Wade on. Uh, on the state level they support they they appeal it to the supreme court and the supreme court will say okay well in this case you're allowed to restrict abortion access right as opposed to uh under this case or that case or this case and and in the end you'll if you don't outright repeal it you have the allowance of restricting access to abortions to such a degree Mm -hmm. that effectively it's dead or it just doesn't it doesn't Apply to yeah. states that don't want it. That's why mm-hmm. I think it's a mm-hmm. death of a thousand cuts. Mm-hmm. That's how I, I think that'll go. Um, yeah, I'm actually interested because in I think that the Roe v. Wade threat is actually going to be very, very um, energizing to the Democratic base. Like I think they're they're going to be really worried about that for yeah. sure. But it's uh, going to help all the Senate candidates. Yeah, for sure. I actually think that. I mean, uh, the right will come out. I think for sure. Uh, but if uh, I think one of the mistakes they'll have is that. Um, I think they'll actually put up this, uh, this nomination, and they'll put it before the election. Mm-hmm. And so they'll be like, "Okay, well, we got you this guy in." They'll be like, "Yay, we love you!"
2: And okay, what do I need to vote for? Right yeah, 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 like I got what I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got what
1: I wanted. I got. Yeah, I, no,
2: I, I agree with you. I think, but but that's also, time.
1: I think that that's probably <laughs> faulty logic too.
2: I yeah. mean, yeah, who can say? But uh,
1: um, so, all right. So, in general, uh, do we think that Donald Trump has had a good week? Uh, I don't think so. I think he's had a terrible week, but he's had a—I'm sure
0: he's had a fun week from some. Yeah, I'm
2: sure he's had a very exciting <laughs> week for him. Yeah. But... yeah.
0: Uh, why? What do you
1: think he's had a terrible week? Well, remember that North Korea summit <laughs> uh, two weeks ago? Yeah. Already, <laughs> uh, it's already falling apart. a Gone. Little. So that helped him zero
0: percent. Right? Yeah. Like that has faded entirely from the American imagination.
1: I think I also th- uh, I will disagree with that, but I also think that meeting with Putin is a really hard sell, even for his most dedicated base. And the people who are, like, willing to rationalize him making okay. a deal with Putin, uh, you have to rationalize a lot. It's just bad yeah. optics. I would, wrong.
2: I would also say, I think, you know, um, I don't think that this is, like, the first sign of evangelicals leaving Trump en masse or anything, but he did have his first real major break with the evangelical base over the family separation Yeah, issue, this, is right? a, this is a big Which thing. is really interesting. Um, they have supported him through thick and thin on everything else, um, but there was a real break um, and and family separation was essentially favored by no one except for the Breitbart kind of
1: yeah I'll agree with that
2: <laughs> um, oh, of the
0: However, indefinite family detention seems to be
2: uh, I'm not sure people yeah I'm not sure people have really appreciated the implications of that. Um, but the fact that they went into the family separation policy without a clear plan for how to reunite these families, I think, uh, makes for well both very heartbreaking situations, but also very bad optics on a continuing yeah. basic with basis with news stories that are going to keep trickling in for It's months. totally fucked up.
0: It's a little taste, by the way, of what uh, the world's uh, opinion would be for the United States if we had a wall on these southern so well, yeah. If you like this, you'll love what happens and we have a fucking wall. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but, yeah,
1: the fact that the Repo- the administration has been reined in by uh, moderate Republicans and, you know, their own incompetence has prevented them from actually failing the, the implications of their terrible, terrible policy yeah, ideas, which yeah. aren't really ideas, they're just impulses. Yeah. Uh, but I will push back. I think that Trump has had a very good uh, week, um, mostly handed to him, though, by the Supreme Court. Yeah, uh, I mean, and I think. Uh, and I think the that signals a little bit of a flip whereas the left has traditionally seen uh, the court system as, as their guiding savior t- tends to play to their politics and there um, now the I think the right with uh, whatever Trump has done we'll see in the future the court as being the ones that save their policies against So you perhaps, think it's just
2: a matter of time until Democrats are really mad about judicial overreach? Well I think well, they've also
1: <laughs> built a certain amount of infrastructure the right has to kind of counter what they see as bad democratic thinking and, I, and they've done a lot of thinking and they have sort of a they've developed all these theories and and sort of theories of jurisprudence and I think the Democrats while they win um, while well, they try to figure out how to win local and, and popular elections and national elections beyond the presidency, um, they will have to figure out also how to retake the judiciary.
0: However, it's been a pretty good uh, uh, week for uh, weed legalization. Sure. Yeah, that, that's, you're
2: not uh, right. Uh,
0: so it, Schumer's introduced a bill... Uh, it seems that the Republicans week by week hemorrhage support for fighting such bills. Yeah. I would not be surprised. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to get legalized federally before the election, but that would be the smartest fucking thing the Republicans could do, yeah. right? It's just, like, say yes Just quickly. own it. Just own it really fast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, as soon as possible. But they can't. They can't do that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, 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 don't,
2: I don't think they'd... Well, I guess with Democratic support, they would have the majority, but... Yeah, yeah,
0: and with Republicans... You know, I mean, even in Texas, right? Like, uh, the Texas Republicans are now in favor of weed legalization. That
2: that being said, to get it through the House, I think they would have some challenges because uh, if they don't have a majority of their caucus in support, they won't bring it to the floor. And I think there's a lot of um, uptight law and order Republicans who.
0: That's, that's terrible
1: for them. Oh, yeah, no, it's it's horrible, it's horrible.
2: It's not where the yeah. nation is, right? Like, yeah, the nation just yeah. does not care. The nation wants you to smoke weed if you like it, you yeah. know, but...
0: uh So I think we're coalescing into a real women Wi-Fi weed No, really, you
1: should have written this campaign. Like <laughs> that. If
2: only there was a W word for immigration. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So do so now and let's hand you now do the Democrats take back the Senate do you have a higher or lower like Uh I
1: think um I actually think it's mo- the needles moved a little towards the Republicans in terms of the Senate I I still think that the Republicans hold the Senate I think it's maybe just a little bit better for them yeah okay. but just because of the because of the Supreme Court vacancy What do you guys think Alexis.
2: Um I think that I think that Manchin and McCaskill are doing better than Republicans would like, um, and those were kind of their top picks to pick off, but I don't—I would be pleasantly surprised if Democrats take the Senate. Let's put it that way.
0: A lot of open seats in the West, and uh, if those districts often look a lot like ours. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. All right. So, so you're, you're a little bit more encouraged. I'm a little bit more encouraged. How do you feel
2: about Texas?
0: Uh, he's beat Beto's within five points. Uh, I, I think he's going to
1: win. I think he's going to win. Uh,
2: Ted Maybe. Cruz is trying the hardest I've ever seen to be nice. Yeah. I've never seen Ted Cruz try to be nice before. He came
1: out against a Nazi? Yeah,
2: yeah. he came out against a Nazi. He came out against family separation. He tried to, like, push a bill to end family separation. So he, he really, for perhaps the first time in his political career, wants to be liked. So he seems to be concerned. I would assume that's based on internal polling. But I don't know. Well, yeah.
0: and those detention camps are in Texas, and Donald Trump's approval rating is really low in Texas, and I mean, he's, yeah. he's got a hard fight ahead of him, and I don't think he's up for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he knows that. Already.
2: Well, I, I hope that you're right. And I think he would be
0: very happy as a lobbyist or <laughs> Supreme Court pick. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I actually think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I think Supreme Court pick is actually probably priority.
2: But I, I was so hoping when his political career was over never to have to hear his name again. That's, <laughs> you know, he'll be around, I think. Yeah, he'll be around. The fucking Ted Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note,
1: I uh, thank everyone for listening. <laughs> this has been episode 47 of Room of Requirement. Um, yeah. Thanks to our co-hosts, and uh, yeah, uh, thanks to Kevin Carter for producing our outro music.